Psalm 115 and then also Mark 9, the ninth chapter. Thank you, Lord. Good things are happening. Amen. Good things are happening. I'm so excited about, because I, I know a lot of people have been, uh, been really stretching and sowing for where they are, like us, we are, we have been. Amen. You look at some things and say, boy, you ought not do that. But if the Lord says do it, then you do it. Amen. And he's never failed us. He's always come through. You sow big, you reap big. Just a fact. And like I said, I had it in my heart that we should meditate on uh, the word of God concerning increase. And uh, we, I, I'm not doing this so we can make big pulls for offerings. You, if you've been around any time, you know that's not my style. We're not going to do that. This is for you. And this is for us all. Amen. Amen. I want to see everybody come up Amen. to a higher place. We talked this morning about being able to minister to others. I want to see you with a house with a bunch of guest rooms that you can entertain with. Nice new cars you can take people out to lunch with. Plenty of money to pay for it. Amen. If you need to fly around and go somewhere and do something for people. have the Remember we talked a few weeks ago about believing God for a store of time and a store of money. Amen to have the resources to do what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it. In Psalm 115 and verse 12, Psalm 115, 12, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. That's a good scripture right there. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and all your youngins. Somebody say, that's for me. That's mine. Glory to God. Verse 15, you are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to us. This planet is ours, and all the gold in it, and all the silver in it, and all the platinum in it, and all the chemicals, and all the resources, all the minerals. It's ours. And it's not for the devil and his bunch. God made it. Some say, well, it's God's. Yeah, I know it, but he gave it to us. Hmm? It's not like he's running short. He's got a whole universe that they tell us is still expanding. He gave us this little planet and said, y'all have fun. It's yours. Amen. Read verse 14 again. Read it out loud with me. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. 
Now put me in there. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my children. Glory. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established to you. Now turn over to Mark, the ninth chapter. You know, I don't believe in trying to work people up. I don't believe in trying to stir people up emotionally or trying to work them up into any kind of a frenzy. I believe in letting the Word build up in your spirit until you just get happy almost in spite of yourself. Amen. And it's not just an emotional fluff, but it's substance. And it stays with you. Amen. Amen. And so that's why, you know, I'm not, I, I won't necessarily always try to work you up at a particular time. I'm not ever going to try to work you up. We're going to talk about things that are true and real until the reality of it builds in our spirit. And then if we want to shout, we'll shout. Amen. Hey, we want to run, we'll run. <laughs> but when you get through running or shouting or jumping, it's still true. And it's still real. Amen. Tomorrow and the next day and the next. Now one of the first things we're going to deal with here is faith for increase. And one of the first questions that you have to answer and don't be in a hurry to run over this question and run by it is this. Is it God's will for me to prosper? Hmm? This is the foundation of everything that you'll think about or do in this whole area. If there's the least bit of, of gray area in your thinking, if there's the, the least bit of questioning or wondering about the answer to that question, then your whole faith for this area will be undermined and your vision will be damaged and even destroyed. you got to know that you know. That you know that you know, beyond any question or shadow of doubt, that it is my Father's will for me to prosper here and now, including materially and financially. Amen? He wants me rich. Now I know from experience a lot of people don't believe that. There are just masses of Christians who don't believe that. And there are a lot of Christians who will actually get mad when you talk about it. Hmm? They wouldn't like what I've said so far. But that's just tough. They're missing out. <laughs> because it is God's will. It's God's will for us to be saved. All of us. Is everybody saved? No. But it's still His will. It's God's will for us to be healed. All of us? Yeah. Is everybody healed? No. But it's still His will. Amen. It's God's will for all of us to be rich. Is everybody rich? No. But it's still His will. Now, I didn't say that everybody's supposed to be a multi-billionaire. But everybody's supposed to be rich. Amen. What is that? What is rich? Having too much. For everything... You need to do and everything you want to do that you got all you need to do it first rate and more besides. 
Amen. Surplus. Abundance. Too much. Amen. Is it God's will for you to have too much? It is. It is. But I'm telling you, the church has been preached something different for so long that we have to take the Word and just inundate our thinking with it to wash this unscriptural tradition away. Because I'm telling you, you know, I've been in this for some years now, and still, just every now and then, here, here's a vestige of something from, from years ago that's there's not right. It's that old poverty mentality. It's that old narrow, lack thinking. Poor mouth talk. Hmm? And you think, oh, that ain't right. That's not right. Quit that. I repent. I'm not going to say that again. This is what I believe. And this is what I say. Hmm? And you have to work on you. And you have to stay on you. And you, faith comes by hearing. And the more you say it, the more you hear it until you get convinced. Amen? Amen? It'd help you just walk around all day tomorrow and say, He's increasing me more and more. Me and my children. He's increasing me more and more. You might be at the job and just shorten it down to more and more. More and more. You know what you're talking about. More and more. What's happening? God's increasing me more and more. Me and all my children. Can you say amen? Amen. Now in Mark the ninth chapter, this is the story of the man that had the lunatic son, and he brought him to Jesus' disciples, and apparently they tried to do something to get him set free, but were not successful. Do you understand that other folks' failure does not reveal the will of God? Hmm? Well, we prayed and claimed that, and it didn't work. That doesn't prove it wasn't God's will. But we prayed for them to be healed and, and they died. That doesn't prove that it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. Right? No, any more than you prayed the prayer of salvation with somebody and they didn't mean it from their heart or didn't hook some way or another, didn't commit and didn't get saved. It's still God's will for them to be saved. They just didn't receive, didn't commit. And uh, they failed to get him set free. In verse 22, they, they brought him to Jesus and they said, If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He pretty much just threw it all in Jesus' lap, didn't he? Yeah. Lord, it's up to you. If you can do something, please help me. What's the next verse say? Jesus looked at him and said, Actually, if you read other translations and look up the phrases, it's a play on the word, if you can. You could read it like this, and it'd probably be even more accurate. If you can, believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Because, see, he asked him if you can do anything. And the Lord said, if I can do anything. If I can, well, Lord, if you, if you can get me out of this debt, please do something about it. Well, is it just up to him? No. Is it just up to him how broke you are or, or how much you have? No. Has God ordained that most people be at the poverty level in the world? 
a few people be middle class and in a micro few be wealthy? Has God just ordained that in his plan? No. 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 Do we have something to do with it? Does our believing and our obedience and our walk with God have something to do with it? What did he say? If you can, believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Do you believe that? All things? All things? Good friend of mine years ago when we were in Bible school, he's very studious, very, uh, oh, what's the word? He was uh, into etymological studies. The roots of words, and I mean, he'd take it back. He got on the trail on this word all one time. This translated from the Greek into English. And I mean, he studied it in the Greek, and he read about it in the Hebrew, and he studied about it in the Aramaic, and in the Chaldean. Then he looked at other languages like uh, French and Spanish, and on and on. And, And after much study, he came to me one day, he said, I found out what this word all that's translated from the Greek and or the Hebrew or the Chaldean into the English, uh, A-L-L, what it really means is all. (laughs) That's what it means. (laughs) Well, sometimes we need to hear that again because people will think, well, you know, I don't know if that means all means all. All things are possible to him or her that believes. Is it possible to be healed in your body and not have pain and not hurt and not be restricted and limited and be able to do what you want to do? It is, if you can believe. Is it possible to pay off your bills? Is it possible to pay off every debt? And not to owe anybody anything except to love them. And to have plenty of money. Is it possible to write big checks? I know some of you, I know you had it in your heart. That, you know, you'd have loved to said, I got it. Right here. 110, I got it. I'm writing a check right now. Hmm? Is that right? There's There's a number of you. Well, it don't come by wishing, though. Can you get to the place? I said, can you get to the, is it possible for you, I'm not talking about somebody else, I'm talking about you to get to the place where you're sitting in the service, here anywhere, and something comes up and a project's going on and your biggest issue is you sit there with your checkbook and go, now Lord, you want me to do all of it? You want me to do half of it? What you want me to do? I'm asking you a question. Is it possible for you, you to get to that place? That's pretty weak. Say it out loud again. All things are possible to him that believes. Are all things possible to everybody? No. Just those who believe. Right? Praise the Lord. Now go with me, if you would, to Philippians, the fourth chapter. 
And then also find Psalm 78. We'll go right from one to the other. Philippians 4 and Psalm 78. I'm going to share some things with you. The Lord's taught us over the last 20 plus years about this. Some things that will really help you. If you're hungry for it and if you want it. Now I made up my mind years ago. I'll never forget it. Phyllis and I had been in the ministry for a few years, and we're so broke, just pitiful, didn't have money to do anything, and it just went on that way year after year. And I finally got to the place where I, I remember distinctly going in the house one day and get, going in the bedroom, pulling the door to, and just falling across the bed and weeping. And I said, God, this is not right. This is not right, and I know it's not your fault. I know it's not your will. I have seen the Word. I know your will for me is prosperity and plenty. And you're not keeping me down, and you're not keeping me broke, and I'm not waiting on you. So help me. What do I need to see? Show me what, need, what, I, what I need to change, what I need to stop, what I need to start. Anybody you can hook me with that can teach me any materials, any, any associations, help me. Get me out of here. And you know the Bible says when you call on the Lord with all your heart, He will hear you. Amen. He'll answer you. And He did. I said, I don't mean I heard an audible voice that day, but He began. I didn't know anything different that afternoon. But I was in faith that he had heard me. Amen. And I was expecting. And he began just a few days after that teaching me about prosperity. And it seemed like for five years, every day he was showing me something else. Amen. And there are five specific areas that we're going to talk about. We'll start on it probably tomorrow night on the five. But that we're going to go through. I'm going to tell you the same things he told me. Amen. A lot of them I already knew. I already knew it. But I wasn't really doing it. It's not what you know. It's what you do. It's what you practice regularly. Amen. And I'm telling you, the Lord brought us up, brought us up, brought us up, brought us up from $5 and $10. You heard me tell part of it tonight to 20 and 50 and 1,000 and 10,000. Amen. And now here we are giving 100,000 at a pop. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Won't be long. I'm decreeing it. Won't be that long. We'll be given a million dollars at a time. You with me on that? Amen. Staff, you with me on that? We'll write one-time checks. One million dollars. Amen. Glory to God. You watch. You see. Well, now, what are you saying? We didn't start saying that. I didn't start saying that 20 years ago. We started believing for $25 a month to send to ministries that had blessed us. That's where we started. Our first offering, we had $10. I never forget the one we gave in faith. We had $10 to our name. And we bought a tape with $5, and we sewed the other $5 in the offering. And we went home, you'd think broke, 
But the Bible says there is that that scatters and yet increases. Looking back now, it didn't feel like it. It didn't look like it. You'd have looked at us and thought, well, bless their hearts. They're as broke as you can be. They're at rock bottom. But we had taken a huge step up that night. Amen. And money began to come and things began to come. Deals began to come. Praise God. doesn't always come in money. It comes in many different ways. The last house that the Lord put us in, we got it for $200,000 less than what it was worth. That's just like somebody handing you $200,000. We didn't ask any, I, I didn't ask anybody for a preacher discount. I don't believe in such. Did you hear me? I didn't say, well, brother, I'm a believer. Can't you help me out here? That's despicable. Don't do that. I said, don't do that. Brother, can you, can you give the church a break? Can't you do something? We're a church. Don't pour mouth. If God is as big as we say he is, we don't have to beg anybody for handouts. You don't have to beg anybody for a raise. You don't have to pressure anybody for a sale. If they don't want to buy, you can just stand back in the corner and decree a thing. I'm claiming 25 sales today. Claiming 100 contracts this week or month. You know what I'm saying? Just decree it. What's real to you? And just hold on. Keep expecting. We've been saying this on this 100,000 for over five years. Over five years. But time passes anyway. <laughs> and it's better to have your faith working on something. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Philippians 4, are you there? How can I get to the place where I break out of my small thinking and poverty mentality? Get to where God can bless me like He wants to. Here's a big step in the right direction we're going to tell you tonight. Philippians 4. Anybody got any scriptures marked in that fourth chapter? Philippians 4, let's look at verse 19. Verse 19. But my God, every word is significant. My God. My God shall supply. Didn't, didn't say might. Shall supply all your need According to my job in Branson. Huh? According to my investments in the stock market. Hmm? According to the current economy. Because, of course, you know, that's what's going to determine our sales. And then that'll determine my income. And then that's what I can have. Huh? Now, you know, that's what most people believe, don't you? I mean, you know the right thing to say. Here's the point I'm getting to. One of the first steps in coming up from where you are is you must get a revelation of who your source is. Don't think you already know. Because even if you know some, you could know it a lot more. This is a progressive thing. You get revelation as you go. It's more real to me. Hallelujah. 
was sowing this check tonight, who my source is, than it was last year. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you've heard me say it every time we take up an offering. I'm not asking you for money. Anybody heard me say that? I've said it. Well, why don't you get the people to stand up and make commitments? And and why don't you tell the people to do this? Because I don't want to. I'm doing what I want to do. Amen. 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 I'm believing God. And the money does not have to come through you. Right? Right? Right. Now, you know, God's going to bless you. And and what what happens is people should want to get in on something because it is an opportunity. It's an investment. Amen. With a, with a wonderful, wonderful return in this life and in the next. But see, preachers have to get a revelation. The congregation is not my source. Hmm? If you don't, then you'll put pressure on the people. Hey, we got to have this now. Y'all got to come up. You got to cough up some money. Come on. Y'all not giving. God's not going to be happy with you. You better give. If you don't obey God, something bad may happen to you. That is pressure. That is looking at people thinking it's got to come through here. And just about every church member will agree, oh, that ain't right. Them preachers ought not to do that. Well, you ought not do it either. There's not two set of rules, one for the preacher. Hmm? You put pressure on your boss to give you a raise. You're doing the same thing that a preacher is doing putting pressure on the congregation. You're putting pressure on somebody for a sale. That's right. See, it just keeps getting quieter and quieter. Can you, can you tell that? <laughs> you, you put pressure on somebody to make a sale. Why, why would you put pressure on them? I'm asking you a question. Why would you pressure them? Because you think your money has to come through this sale. Right? And if it don't come through here, then you won't have it. Husbands and wives put pressure on each other. Honey, when can I get my bass boat? I want my bass boat. Come on, you got to let me get a bass boat. Is is her name El Shaddai? (laughs) Besides that, it is absolutely unbecoming for the man of the house to be begging his wife for a boat. That's just ridiculous. Now, ladies, it ain't right you to put pressure on your husband. We need more money for the house. We need a better, when you're going to get me in that better house that you told me we would. Well, when you're going to believe God yourself. Did you hear me? Listen to this now. Faith puts no pressure on people. If you're in faith, then you will be putting no pressure on anybody. That includes making little, dropping little hints and remarks. Ha, 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 brother, you sure God ain't dealing with you to give me that? Ha, ha, ha. That ain't funny. If you even remotely thought God might be dealing with them, don't you say a word. Go the other direction. Now I'm talking to some people right now. Hmm? 
Well, brother, won't you pray about it? See if God's dealing with you to do something about that for me. God does not need your help in dealing with people. And if he's not dealing with them, you leave them alone. Right? Now, when it comes to things like a church and a ministry, this is not my church. This is not Keith and Phyllis's church. This is your church. This is our church. This is God's church. And I, I want you and you need to know and believe with us for everything that's going on. When it comes to my personal needs, I don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody. Did you hear me? Because I'm believing for me, you're believing for you. And you have to watch about dropping hints. Somebody say, no dropping hints. I've seen people come to the altar, supposed to be to pray. And somebody come up and kneel down beside somebody that they knew had some money. Kneel down beside them and go to praying. Oh God, oh God, you know I've got to have that thousand dollars before day after tomorrow. Oh God, please move on somebody. Oh God, move on somebody that will hear you and obey Oh, God, move on somebody, somebody that'll listen to you. I've seen things like that. And then they come back later and, and say, you know, I couldn't help but overhear that you are needing a $1,000. And they gave it to them. And they went off and said, you know, boy, the Lord met money. No, no, no. You conned them. They felt sorry for you. You understand there's a lot of junk goes on. In the name of people calling themselves believing God and it's just dropping hints and all. It's, it's, don't do that. Believe God. Amen. I said believe God. Amen. It's so wonderful. I mean so many things I've believed for personally. And didn't tell a soul. I know I, I play guitar a little bit. And uh, I wanted a nice electric guitar. Now I don't play lead. I I can't play a lick lead to tell you the truth but I'd like to learn sometime but I just wanted a nice lead electric guitar I just wanted one I said you need one absolutely no not at all just wanted one and uh, I remember distinctly this must have been all 10 years ago at least 15 maybe and I was driving down the road I came across that man, nobody in the car but me. And I said, Lord, I want a good electric lead guitar, a good one. I'm just asking you for one right now, and I just believe I'll receive it, and I thank you for it. Went on down the road. Believed he heard me, believed I received. Now I'm expecting it to happen. Didn't happen that year. Didn't happen the next year. Didn't happen the next year. Everybody said next year. I guess it was like five, six years. I was in a meeting. Phyllis is usually with me, but on this particular one, she wasn't on this meeting. And I was in, had a rental car outside the speaker's room, and I got through with the, the service, and I came out, went to get in the car, and I got in the car, and over on another seat, there's a guitar case <laughs> with a note on it that said, Be blessed. <laughs> and uh, 
I got excited. I looked at the case. It said Gibson. And so I didn't even start the car. I just got out, got back on the trunk and opened it up. And it is a Gibson Gold Top Hall of Fame electric. I mean, it's one of the best you can get. I can't play a lick. <laughs> but I like it. I, I, I enjoy it. Somebody said, what purpose does that serve? I like it. It's all the purpose it needs to serve. I got scripture for it. Amen? Amen. Some of you don't believe it. Hold your place right there. Go right over to 1 Timothy. <laughs> you ever heard people say dumb stuff like, well, now God did, he told us he'd meet our needs. He didn't say he'd give you everything you wanted. Really? I thought he said he'd give you the desires of your heart. I thought he said what things serve you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. No, if you're sold now, if you want a bunch of bad junk to serve the devil, well, of course, God can't get into that. But if you're trying to serve God with all your heart, he is all for you having everything that blesses you. Just like any daddy that was rich, 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 wants to do stuff for his kids. And he is the richest of the rich. In 1 Timothy 6.17, he said, charge them, 1 Timothy 6.17, charge them that are rich in this world to get rid of all them old riches. Because you can't serve God like that. No, no, no. Just don't be high-minded. Don't be puffed up and don't trust in those riches, but, in other words, trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Amen. So what purpose does that serve? I enjoy it. <laughs> That's all it has to serve. There was another time. I'd always wanted pinball machines. <laughs> And I wanted video games. You know, for my own. I wanted a game room. So one day I just claimed some. I said, Lord, I ask you for some pinball machines and video games. I claimed some. Well, I rocked along another three or four years. And a minister from another state, actually the far side of the country, he called me up one day. He said, Brother Keith, he said, do you like pinball machines? I said, I sure do. He said, how about me giving you two of them? And how about a couple of those big stand-up video games, you know, like you see in the arcade? He said, I can get some. He said, I'll put them on a the truck and send them to you. What we have? We had a Pac-Man and a, the one you shoot all the starships with, you know, and a football table and two pinball Two nice pinball machines. Somebody said, what do you need them for? I don't. But I make no apology for having them. Did you hear me? I stand out there and play pinball and pray in tongues. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. (laughs) 
Somebody said, you could sell all that stuff and give it to the poor. That sounds like somebody else I read. You ever hear? I, I read somebody said that same thing. Judas Iscariot. Right before he sold the Lord out. You could sell some of that stuff and give it to the mission field. I bet you could sell something. I bet you could find something to sell. Yourself. You watch it. People who talk like that are hypocrites. They are not doing what they are saying other people ought to do. And if anybody wants to question me about what I have, I've got some stuff. Now, I got rid of a bunch of it and getting rid of a bunch of it in this move because I wanted to. I felt like I was supposed to. Lighten the load for the journey. Sow some seed. And we've sowed some into here personally. And I'm happy to do it. I've done this before. I know how it works. Amen. Amen. I know there's a harvest time coming too. But I got, I got some stuff. And if somebody wants to say something about it, and I'm going to have a lot of stuff. You just, you know, brace yourself for it, okay? Because I'm going I'm to have a big house here. I'm going to have a big boat. Amen. Just brace yourself for it. Amen. I got one airplane up here at the airport already. I'm going to get another one. Amen. And if anybody got anything to say about it, I got one question for them. What percentage of your income did you give last year? Did you hear me? And if you didn't top me, then you ain't got nothing to say. Right? right. You didn't even tithe? (laughs) You better go home, be quiet. Right? And if I'm sowing twice the percentage of my income than you are, it ain't none of your business. If I got five yachts and 12 vacation homes, did you hear me? It's not what you have. Uh-huh. It's how you got it. Yeah. Right. I said it's how you got it. Yeah. There are people who've taken up offerings to build an orphanage and go spend it on a car. Yeah. Right. Now that ain't right. But some of the same people that get so mad at a preacher, they've taken tithe money right. and spent it on a car. Right. What's the difference? Both of them are wrong. You understand what? People try to make their two different set of rules for preachers and laity, and it's not. That's, both of them's wrong. Both of them's terribly wrong. And I told you from the beginning, I gave you my word, I will not do that. Amen. 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 And I haven't, and I won't. If I tell you it's going for something, you can count on it. Amen. Ask my staff, ask my wife, ask anybody that knows me if they think I'm telling you the truth. Amen. But you make up your mind, you are going to honor God. And if you want some stuff, claim you some stuff. Maybe you need a pinball machine. (laughs) Or whatever it might be. Amen. I got some more coming, by the way. I gave all that away. What would you do? I gave gave all of it away. Amen. Because the Lord dealt with me too. And there's been some people who's been playing and been happy. Philippians 4, are you there? Now, there's a reason why I'm saying all this. I know some people don't like you to talk about stuff like that, and it bothers them. But uh, don't get offended, please. Just stay hooked and listen and see what the Word says. Don't take my word for it. My God shall supply what? 
all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I could meet a need you had according to my riches, according to my resources, which are very limited. But God meets your needs how? According to His resources, His ability, then what determines what you can have and what you can do? Are you limited to what kind of house you can live in according to your yearly income? But most people believe that. That's most people, when they get to looking at what we can afford, they look at what I make and how much I made last year, and this determines what kind of house I can have, what kind of car I can have, what kind of checks I can give at the church or at the ministries. This determines, I, you know, I, I'm doing all I can, that I just can't afford anymore. I want you to strike those words from your vocabulary. I want you to quit saying, we can't afford it. Did you understand what I said now? Quit saying, we can't afford this, and we can't afford that, especially around your kids. Don't say it at all, but people build a poverty mentality into their kids. By always telling them, well, we can't afford that. You think money grows on trees around here? We can't afford that. That's too much. We can't afford that. Why can't you afford that? What determines what you can have? You have limited yourself with your unbelief. I know years ago I was talking about this, and, and we touched on these things, and I told the people the same thing. Don't quit saying that. Quit saying we can't afford this. We can't afford that. God meets your needs how? According to His. Can He afford it? He can do it. If you can believe it. And about three months later, I got a letter in the mail. And this lady said, I was in that service, and I heard you say that, and I was one of the world's worst. I'm a single mom. I have three little girls. And we've been so tight, we just barely get along. And every time something would come up, I'd say, babies, I'm sorry. I'd like, mom would like to do it, like to give it to you, but we can't afford it. I'm sorry, but mama can't afford it. I so- said it multiple times a day. And I told them what to do. I said, do you believe that God can meet needs? I said, if your child asks for something, you wouldn't mind them having it. Teach them how to believe God. I said, come over here, baby. The Bible says, if any two of us will agree, it's touching anything we ask, it'd be done for us. You got something you can sow? A toy, some allowance, plant it, sow it. Mama will agree with you, and we'll stand till it comes in. But you know why people don't do that? They're not convinced it'll work. They're afraid their little darling's going to be disappointed. It means they don't believe it themselves. Well, thank God this mama did. Not long after that, her little girl came and said, uh, you know, Mama, you know, I want this certain bike. Can I get this bike? And she said, Baby, you know we can't afford And she caught herself. She thought about it. She said, You really want that bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Mama. She said, All right. Come here. Sit down. You got something you can give, something you can sow, put some seed in the ground so you can get your harvest? 
Yeah, she had a toy and she had a little friend she wanted to give it to. How many believe these are good things to be teaching your little ones? Little bitty thing. She said, great. All right, you're going to sow it. Come here, join hands with me. We're going to ask the Father. They asked, she asked and they asked the Lord for this bicycle. Claimed it. Well, just a few weeks went by. And then a month. Here comes in the mail something from a totally unexpected channel to the girl. The little girl. Here's a check for more than enough for what the bicycle costs. They went, around, they went to the bike shop and that same week they're having a sale on that particular bicycle. They had the money. They bought the bike. She's riding that bike back down the sidewalk, back home. And I'm telling you what, she'll never forget this. Mama didn't give her this bicycle. Santa Claus didn't give her this bicycle. The Easter Bunny didn't give her. Jesus got her this. She'll never forget it. And the wonderful thing, if you know how to believe for a bicycle, you can get anything. Same principle works for anything. Including a healing. Including direction. Including the right husband. Did you hear anything? Principle works the same way. Thank you, Lord. Go to Psalm 78, please. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And in verse 19. 78 19 said they spoke against God and they said can God furnish a table in the wilderness he smote the rock and the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed can he give bread also can he provide flesh for his people and the Lord heard it and said bless your heart you, you shouldn't say that that's not nice but I understand because it's a rough old world you live in. And, mm -mm. He was wroth. Hmm. Why? Because when God has provided for you again and again and again and again, after a while, it's not okay if you pop up and go, yeah, but can he do that? Can he do that here? I don't know. Can he do that at my job? Can he do that in my family? I mean, I'm from nine generations of broke. <laughs> Can he do that here? We're in the sticks, brother. I mean, we're out in the country. Nobody knows. You're a big preacher. People see you. They know you. And no wonder they bring you big checks. Listen, I know plenty of preachers ain't getting big checks. I was a preacher for years, didn't get big checks. No. That's not what it's based on. You can believe that if you want to. That'll be an excuse for you not to receive. But if you will believe that all things are possible to him that believes, then you believe he can find you in the darkest hole in the ghetto. And he can bring you up out of the garbage heap and set you with princes. The scripture said. He can bring you from the brokest of the broke and He can bless you and increase you until you are strong and powerful and influential for Him. If you want it. 
if you're hungry for it, if you'll stay after it and not quit and not faint. Can God furnish a table here? Can He do it here? Man, I just don't know where we'd get that much money. I don't, where would we get it? You don't have to know where you'd get it. Verse 40, read it. Verse 40, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. They turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. What a statement. Can you limit God? A lot of folk would scoff and go, oh, you cannot limit the Almighty. I'm reading scripture, okay? Can you limit God? Well, you, you, you don't limit him in himself and in his ability, but you can sure limit him and what he can do for you by what you believe, what you don't believe. Go with me to 2 Kings real quickly. 2 Kings, the 7th chapter. This is going to build in us this week. Amen. Amen. We're going to lay foundation. And lay foundation, and then it's going to get stronger and stronger until you just won't have it any other way. <laughs> Except to be blessed, prosperous. Second Kings and the seventh chapter. This is an interesting thing. There was a famine on in the land, a severe famine. People were literally starving to death. Falling dead on the streets from just not enough to eat. And the man of God in chapter 7 and verse 1, 2 Kings 7, 1, the man of God, Elisha, said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. Two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. That's right here in this city. Where, where somebody just fell dead, starving to death. In other words, he's saying, food is going to be dirt cheap right here. When? Tomorrow, about this time. Verse 2. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if God made windows in heaven, might this thing be? Sound like the same thing, doesn't it? Could it be? How's God going to get us the rest of this money to pay this place off? That's not my problem. Not yours either. Right? How could people know? You might say, who knows me? I don't know anybody that's got enough money to write me a check and pay my house off. How could that happen? You don't have to know how. I only make X amount a week and X amount a month. How could I ever have a car like that? How could I ever live in a house like that? You don't have to know how. You just need to believe he can. Amen. 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 You do not have to figure out where it's going to come from. This man said, right. Tomorrow, food dirt cheap. Here, God opened the windows of heaven and dropped it on us. Could it be? Notice what he said. He said, well, you'll see it, but you won't eat any of it. It'll happen. You'll see it. And you know the story? Sure enough, 
through Su- I mean, remember those lepers went out there to the camp and God had caused the army to hear a terrible sound and the whole bunch of them ran away. And there they left all their food, they left their gold, they left their clothes. There was just riches and money and food everywhere. And they went from tent to tent and just ate all they could and had their pockets stuffed. And they said, you know, we better go back and tell the rest of the folk about this. And so they went back and told them. And the people sent out and they came back and said, there's food everywhere. There's food. And the people stormed the gate and the king put that man at the gate. And he saw it happen. And they all ran over him. And he perished that day. Doubters do without Doubters don't receive. I just don't know. And see, here's, here's doubt. Just say, well, we'll see. We'll wait and see. That's doubt. I said, that's doubt. Well, you just never know. I tell you, let's just wait and see what happens. If the Lord wants to bless us, well, okay. But you just never know. So we just wait and see. I've had people tell me about projects in ministry we did. I mean, we're stepping out in all the faith we've got. You'd like to have some support. And people stand by on the side and say, well, let's just watch them and see. <laughs> if they flop, we'll know they missed it. And that's probably, we think that's what's going to happen. If they make it, well, maybe it was God. That ain't a friend. That's not somebody that believes in you. Right? And that's not the way it is with God's provision. You've got to say, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's on the way. How's he going to get it to me? I don't know. I don't have to know that. It's coming. It's headed to me. Big time. God is the master at bringing through unexpected channels. I'm trying to close here. Can you stay with me just a minute? I said he is the master at bringing. I mean, this hundred thousand. I would have never thought this would have come through these people. That was the furthest thing from my mind. When they said, we got some money we want to give you. We thought, well, okay, maybe it might, might have been $100 and $1,000. 100000 Okay. <laughs> they said, the Lord specifically dealt with us, told us to do this amount and do it now. Well, he knows what's going on, doesn't he? I know a pastor friend of mine. He had a lady and, and, and her child in his church, her daughter, that was a young woman. And they were just on the street. And he believed with them and helped them. And believed with them and helped them. And they got them a place to stay. And, and his daughter was getting married. And they didn't have any money for the wedding. And so the Lord dealt with him. And he paid for the wedding. And, uh, you know, just tried to bless them and help them. And here, about six months later, she comes up and says, uh, Pastor, she said, I'm going to be getting $2 million next month. And um, I'm going to have my tithe right here to the church. And I got a good offering for you, too. He thought, huh? I mean, she was on the street not long ago. And he said, huh? She said, yeah. Well, he thought, you know, yeah, you know, reckon she knows what she's talking about. Sure enough, just a few weeks, here she comes with a big check for the church and a personal check for him for, I think it was $50,000 or whatever it was. Huh? Eighty thousand dollars, that's right. Besides that what whatever it was, the, the, the tithe off the rest of it. Yeah, he never thought, you'd have never thought it would have come through that channel. That's why never get your eyes on anybody. I said, never get your eyes on anybody. 
Never pray like this. Well, God, they got money. Deal with them. That is wrong praying. That's covetousness. Don't, don't do such a thing. Trying to manipulate somebody's will through prayer. It's wrong, wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. God can use anybody he wants to. And he don't need you to tell him who to use. Amen. Just claim it and just believe and just watch who he uses. And you know, you, when you're in faith, you know it's coming. But it's rare that you know how it's coming. Anybody beside me found that out? I mean, you know it's coming. But it's rare that you knew how it's coming. And who, again and again, God has used people. And I thought, wow, I'd have never thought about them. And yet God used them. Praise God. Well, go to Genesis 17 and I'll, I'll try to close this way. Genesis 17 and 1. When Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said to him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. Go to 28.3 because the same term is used. It's the same words in, uh, the, in the Hebrew. Genesis 28.3. He said, And God Almighty bless you. And make you fruitful and multiply you. And you may be a multitude of people and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your seed with you. This word, God Almighty, is the word El Shaddai. Now that's not exactly the pronunciation in the Hebrew, but that's the way most people say it. God, the Shaddai. The word Shaddai is, is similar to the word in the Hebrew for breast, like a nursing mother. And it's interesting because that is the child, the infant's total source of supply. All they need comes through the mother. Is that right? And what I'm talking about to you tonight is getting a revelation that God is my source. Don't just take that phrase for granted. God is my source. He's my total source of supply. You can tell what your source is by what you look at and what you go to when you need something. A bill comes up. Something comes up you need to do or want to do. What's the first thing you think? Most people think, maybe I could work some extra hours. Maybe I could get an extra job. Maybe I could sell something. They try to figure out how they can produce it or how they can get it through their work and through their job. And God is going to use your job and your work, but that is just one of many, 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 many channels God can use to get it to you. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit your family to your job. Hmm? Phyllis and I worked for the Hagen ministry for 20 years. I, she not that long, but part of that time, and I all of that time. And toward the end of that term, that last few years, I gave more money to Kenneth Hagin Ministries than they paid me. <laughs> and lived in a good house. Amen. And drove a new car. Amen. 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 If people would have looked at what I made 
and how I'm living and what I'm giving, they think, how do you do that? How could you do that? You can't do that. You can when God brings it through other channels. Amen. When people are meeting you here and meeting you there and handing you a check, a Pentecostal handshake. Anybody know what, what I'm talking about with that? With, with folding stuff on the inside. Right? Why would people do that? Because God's dealing with them to do it. Why would he deal with them to do it? Because you're a giver and because you expect it. Amen. You're believing for it. Amen. You're not telling him who to use and what to do, but you're a giver. And he said, if you give, it's going to come back to you. Men are going to give into your bosom. Yes. You, I know I begin to teach on this and, and, and uh, talk about this and, and, and preach it and teach it. And the Lord, uh, you remember that year? toward the last quarter of the year and the Lord said to me I want you to stay home the rest of the year <laughs> now I'm a traveling minister at this time that's where a lot of my income comes through is me going out on the road and meetings and offerings and that kind of thing and he said you just stay home and rest I thought huh I mean we've got Christmas coming up you know we want to Give a bonus to our employees. We want to, you know, extra expenses and end of the year stuff that needs to be done. Stay home. He said, you've been preaching that I'm your source. He said, I'm going to show you how, I'm going to show you I'm your source. Do you believe I'm your source? I said, well, yeah, but. Somebody said, man, I like that. I like, I'm just going to quit my job and go sit on the couch. No. You may go hungry, too. The Bible also says you don't work, you don't eat. But see, people, a lot of times, that's all they know, and that's all they quote. And they're too naturally minded about it, because really, in their heart, that's their source. And if they're not doing that, they don't know how it could come, and they get scared. Well, I'll be honest with you. I had to deal with myself. I thought, let me, let me pray some more about this now. God, you, you sure about this? But I settled in my heart. It was Him. And so I just uh, messed around. You know what happened? The money came. I said, the money came, and the money came, and the money came, and the money came. And we had more than if I'd have went. Well, I immediately started going again. After that, the Lord didn't tell me to quit going. He didn't tell me to quit working. But he's trying to demonstrate something to me, isn't he? This is not your source. I'm your source. I don't have to use that. I don't have to bring it through that channel. I can bring it through myriads of channels you never thought of, things that never crossed your mind. How many know God brought bread and food to the man of God by ravens, Blackbird Express? Amen. Paid tax money by going fishing. Yeah, that's, right. that's amazing, isn't it? Rain bread out of the sky. It just fell. Brought fresh quail in without an airplane. I mean, thing after thing after thing. Totally unexpected channels, and yet God brought it easily. Yeah. I want you to stand on your feet, please. We got started this evening. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to lead you in a confession. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're already believing for seed for the sower. Anybody in here believing besides me for seed for the sower? 
But I want you to think while we talk about this and while we pray about this, what limits what you can have? What limits what you can do? Is it true that all things are possible to him that believes? Is it true you can have anything you can believe for? Anybody know Mac and Lynn Hammond? They're good friends of ours, has been for many years. And back, I don't know, what was it, 96, we were flying around some with them. Mac's been a pilot for many years, very accomplished pilot, had aircraft for years and years and years. Having an airplane was the furthest thing from my mind. Me believing I could have one just seemed like a, a, a fairy tale. And I wasn't trying to. Other people had airplanes. And uh, the Lord began to deal with me that I should believe for one. And so I did. And to make a long story short, uh, in in a few short months, and within a year and a half or so, we had a small one paid for. But the Lord dealt with me right now, claim a jet. And I thought, oh, Lord. Because by that time I'd learned something about they have little pieces on them like this that cost $30,000. And when you pull up and say, fill her up, you better have some bucks with you, mammy. I mean, you ain't going to fill it up with $100. And you don't even want one unless you're supposed to have one. And, uh, but the Lord dealt with me. Claim one. I thought, God, yeah, claim one. He said, sow seed to these other people for their aviation needs and you claim one. So I claim one. And the Lord dealt with me, believe to have it and believe to fly it yourself. It seemed impossible. People that were experts in these areas that I talked to, they said, well, no, no, you got to fly X amount of time and, and you got to do this and you got to do that and maybe in five years. Other people said, your ministry can't handle this. You're not big enough. You can't handle this. Finally, I quit talking to people. <laughs> and you started listening to God. Because they were making a real good case. They had numbers to back it up. Why I could not, not just shouldn't, couldn't, could not do this. I finally just quit talking to anybody about it except me and Phyllis. Phyllis had already gotten her heart. She claimed one, what kind it was. We knew nothing about it. But she claimed, she said, we're going to have a hawker. Man, a hawker's a major airplane. Well, we were flying with Mac one day. And I knew he, he knew something about faith, and I could, tell, I could talk to him. So I said, Mac, this is what I'm believing for. And I knew he knew what a giant leap it would be. And I knew he, knew, he knows the natural side. of He looked at me. He smiled. He said, Keith, you can have anything you can believe for. Anything you can believe for, you can have. I said, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly right. I can have anything. I can believe. Got nothing to do with how much money I take in a year. Got nothing to do with how I can figure out to do it. I can just believe I'll receive one. And stay on it. So we did. I said, we did. And just a year's short time, just a year's short time, 
At 400 hours, I don't know if you know anything about it, 400 hours, I was rated for captain on that airplane and had it sitting in the hangar paid for. God did it. Way out beyond what the numbers would say you could do. Now, I didn't say that to draw attention to me. What can you have? What can you do? How much can you give? What kind of house can you live in? What can you do for your family? What determines what you can do? All things are possible to him that believes. If this sounds too big for you, don't despair. Keep coming. Keep coming. We'll feed, the, we'll, we'll feed your faith with the Word of God. I'm feeding mine at the same time. Amen? And you'll get to the place where it doesn't seem so impossible. You'll get to the place where it seems within reach. And you'll begin, instead of sitting there going, Oh, no. Oh, no. After a while, you'll be going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God can do it. Yeah, and He will. Lift up your hands. Say it out loud. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me and mine. You are increasing me. Me and all my children. More and more, more and more, I can have anything I can believe for. I can do anything I can believe for. And I do believe that you are El Shaddai. You are more than enough. You are all sufficient. Nothing's too hard for you. You are my source you are my supply not my job not my parents not my friends not the government you 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 are my source and abundant supply hallelujah go ahead and praise him glory to God hallelujah praise you Lord Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.